We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People ask me, well, how are the Sabres going to win tonight? I don't have a clue. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Paul Hamilton's appearance brought to you by Relax Honda. Relax, we got this. Jeremy and Joe on a Friday. TGIF. Happy Friday. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. How are you? We're all right, you know, cruising, hanging out, talking sports and stuff. We're not any different than any other of these Talk uh, mornings. Talking after, uh, video games, Paul. The college football game has been confirmed to coming out and, you know, going back to the day, early days of NHL 94 and all that stuff. And I don't know. We kicked that around for a little while, but, you know, the usual. Will that help you scout your wide receivers? Yeah. These games? Hey, listen. You, I you, formulated you, way too many opinions growing up on players because of what they were in the video that's game. That's right. College football. Right. <laughs> How good is this receiver? How good is this quarterback? Yeah. Yeah, made me believe in Tim Couch coming out in the draft because I played with Kentucky a lot. Anyway, Paul, one thing about the Sabres that's kind of, uh, you want to say, noteworthy or interesting is in the last two weeks, they have set franchise records for most shots on goal while scoring one goal and most shots on goal while getting shut out. Both of those happened in the last two weeks, Dallas and then last night against Florida. So it's uh, it's a little stretch here where they're getting shots, but the question comes down to, are they getting good shots? No, they're not. Uh, some of them really are just the same as turnovers. I mean, if you, you're just coming down the wing, there's nobody going to the net, and you just rip a shot, and it stopped, and and then the other team gets the puck, and off they go. You know, so it's it's almost like the same thing as a turnover. And here you are, you're just finishing a stretch of 13 games, 10 of them at home. You went two and one on the road, and four and six at home. And in five of those home games, the Sabers scored one goal or less. Five. You know, so. What we watched last night is basically the rule, not the exception. Yeah. Hmm. You know, as far as home games here with the Buffalo Sabres and what they what they basically do with them. It is wild after last year scoring goals like crazy. They scored all the time last year. And it's one of the reasons I think fans kind of got back in and started having fun and the arena came alive. And now we know when they when they fall behind they don't win. They're six twenty three and three when they get scored on first. And as you pointed out, they're not scoring a lot at home. And the, the the commentary after the game from players seems to be a lot of the same each and every time, right? It's about getting to the net. Or uh, Last night, Tuck might have said something that, that Cousins had said earlier in the year. They need to play with a little bit more bleep you. It seems mm-hmm. like the entire, almost to a man, a lot of the players are suggesting that they need to find a way to play with more edge. And yet, that's just not coming. It's not coming. You also need your best players to be your best players, and on most nights they aren't. Uh, you know, where's Skinner been? Where's Thompson been recently? I mean, uh, just 
you're you're getting you're getting nothing out of all out of your except against Los Angeles. I mean, Los Angeles turns out to be the exception, not the rule. And you know that's and that's the game that you can hang your hat on and say you did a lot most of the things that you need to do you were hard on pucks you caused turnovers because of it you got people and pucks to the net and you wind up scoring seven goals because of it but you know that's not what they did against Stellars last night uh you know there were there were weren't enough people to the net when the pucks were going to the net and he he left them some rebounds at times but they weren't there and and against a team like Florida, when mm. you get some early opportunities to take the lead, you can't not score. I mean, the, the Benson was wide open. Paterka set up Benson. He put out a really nice move to the backhand. He had Stellar's beaten. All you had to do is flip it over him, and it's one nothing Buffalo. And it, it seemed like all of a sudden he started dribbling with the puck, and it just kind of slid off his stick, and he wound up hitting the side of the net with it. Well, there, there was your chance right there to take the lead. You had him. You had him beat, and you didn't do that. And right before that, um, Clifton came down the slot free, and Stellars made the save on that one. So you had two glorious opportunities early to get that one nothing lead, but instead, you know, Florida winds up with the lead before the period's over. Verhage gets the goal. Now, the Sabres thought Barkov should have gone to the penalty box when he stole the puck from Ryan Johnson. They thought he hooked him up uh, up near his hands on his stick, and that's why he got the turnover. But uh, that's not what happened, and they wound up, uh, you know, falling behind one nothing, and then a goal where I thought it could have been goaltender interference, but the Sabres felt, and you know, I will say there the people they have in charge of that have a pretty good idea. They've been pretty successful in challenges. Uh, they basically told Don Granado, we've seen other plays similar to this, and they don't get overturned. So they decided not to try to get that goal overturned. That made it 2 nothing. Well, once you get behind 2 nothing to the Florida Panthers, good luck. You probably aren't coming back. You're not. You're probably not getting three on them. Yeah, and especially when you're the Buffalo Sabers, the way you're playing now, so that basically in the second period, that second goal in my mind, that's what put it away. Yeah, and on the is some is last night like maybe a night, Paul, to think about the difference in maturity between the two teams. The Sabers are still the youngest team in hockey, and Florida's super talented. I mean, top to bottom, but I mean that team. I mean they went to the finals, and if you look at their age at this point, with the experience they have. Um, and even their size, if you want, like, I, can you see the difference in maturity between the two teams? Oh, absolutely, can. They're just the way they play, they no matter what happens, there's not any panic, and they have, you know, in the beginning of the game, and they do. I've seen this them do this so many times. They they're more interested in hitting your defenseman and just um, you know, making a being difficult to play against, and that's the way they want to start because by the third period. They want Ryan Johnson looking over his shoulder to see what's coming. They want uh, Henry Yokiharu to be looking over his shoulder to see what's coming, and you know, so it's it's really a you know a plan that they have is let's soften up the the team and then let's let's start you know really kicking it in then as far as playing hockey and they certainly have a lot of good players that play hockey very well. But you know, look at the types of goals they score. I mean, you got you're hired in on the four check. You get a turnover and you score. 
you get another one on, on a uh, delayed penalty where you got a guy basically sitting in the goaltender's lap who tips the puck in. Um, on, on the power play goal at the end, rebound score. Uh, you know, and, and you all you all were at the net as the puck went there, and uh, you know the the Sabers, as I said, there were plenty of rebounds that Stellars had left there, but there was just no Saber there to take advantage of. For the most part, I mean, there were a couple where he had to make a power play. He had to make a great save. He made the first save on Darlene, and actually Oposo was there screening him, and then he jumped right on the rebound and he made a great save on the rebound. So, I mean, there there was an example where he did make great saves, uh, you know, when the Sabres were on the power. He made another one on Thompson on another power play that looked like it was headed to into the net, and he somehow got a glove on it. So he did make some good saves along the way, too. And, you know, this is a goaltender that has good numbers. I mean, don't sit there and say, well, they, they lost to another backup goaltender. Yeah, that's true, but his numbers are actually better than the starter, and they both have excellent numbers. Paul Hamilton joining us. Paul, when Barkoff made that play to strip Ryan Johnson and set up Verhage early, I, I was reminded of something I saw this week about the Sabres, which is that they are, in the NHL, the team that generates the fewest shots off of forechecking. Like, how many shots do you get off a cycle where you win, win the puck battle and win a forecheck? And the Sabres are last in the NHL in that department. I think that's what they talk about when they say, you know, they they're not, you know, hard enough for getting in there, or uh, they 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 didn't play hard enough, or you know, all, all the different words that they use that, uh, yeah. you, you know, they didn't compete hard enough. There's the, there's your compete right there. The Panthers are number one. The Sabers are number thirty-two. When you, is that compete? Is that some system? I mean, are they not are they not going in for that as much as other teams do? No, they they he wants them in there for checking. I mean, that's that's part of what that's why were they so good against Los Angeles? Because they did get in there and for check and cause turnovers. And uh but mm-hmm. they were first in on pucks. They were they made it difficult on the Kings. The Kings were uh-oh, and they would try to try to make a stupid play and and the Sabres would wind up with a turnover and wind up getting with a great scoring opportunity. That a lot came off the four check. Because they were in on it, and uh, they were winning battles, and and uh, you know competing hard throughout the whole game. Tuck, Tuck by the way, Paul, like, kind of said this yesterday, right? Like he said that they should need to be playing with more, like he even said "fu" mentality. Um, and he's someone that, like, I don't know if he's the guy to question for that. He hounds people on the forecheck um, because of his speed and his length. And his physicality too, so I don't I don't want to make it about Tuck, but he's someone that would know how to play like that, right? Like he's gone to the finals on on the Golden Knights, so I mean he's got to know what it looks like, and he clearly doesn't think that they're getting it. They're not getting it, and it's it's when I say this team is flawed, that's one of the things that it's flawed with. I mean they don't they don't steer install fear on a nightly basis on the other team where the other team goes, oh, this is going to be a hard night. You know, they're going to be up on us. They're going to be difficult to play against. In the NHL, you have to be difficult to play against. And most nights they're not. And they were against Los Angeles, but that's not the rule. That was the exception. And they're just not enough nights where they are hard to play against. And, you know, I'll say it again. And their best players, most nights aren't their best players. And you're, you're, you're saying to yourself, where's so-and-so? Where's so-and-so? 
where's so-and-so? And there's not enough nights where you're saying, boy, the, their best players were great tonight. And that's why you lose. When your best players aren't producing, that's why you lose. Paul Hamilton on the Western Hotline. Is there, Paul, when you see reports or tweets or whatever, like once in a while, like last night this was Kevin Weeks. Kevin Weeks is tweeting about like Rasmus Anderson is getting calls in Calgary. Is there an idea, even if it's a specific player or a type of idea, that you've seen out there that you've gone, oh yeah, that kind of that's that's the type of move that the Sabers need to be in on or should be looking to make. They need to be in on and getting like a full line that is difficult to play against. And I always use the Sezikis line of the Islanders as the example of guys that the other team shows up and go, well, we don't want to play against that line. That line is is going to make things difficult, and they also contribute to the scoring. You know, it's not like they all have one goal each. You know, they contribute to the scoring, and they need a full line of players like that where the other team knows they're going to be in a battle all night long. And uh, you, you could say they got one of those guys maybe in Greenway, but uh, they, they need a couple of more and a line you can put out there. And, and, and you know, look at what Tampa Bay, they didn't have a line like that. Uh, they, had, they had the talent but they wound up getting swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they realized, you know what, we're, we're this, this team isn't quite built correctly, and they, they kept their talent, but they, they got a complete line like that where, you know, the other team was like, oh, geez, i want I got to play against uh, Maroon or i got to play against whoever the other one was that, that was on that line, and, and, you know, all of a sudden they win two Stanley Cups. They just they needed to supplement the talent that they had with a line that is 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 a type of line that the other team dreads playing. And you know they, that they can go out there and change a game that way. And and you know the Sabers just don't have anybody like that that can help them change a game or that would put fear into the other team. Paul Hamilton on the Western Hotline. Thank you, Paul. Tomorrow, 5 p.m. for Minnesota, huh? A little afternoon yes, action? Yes, we'll be on the air at 4, um, and uh, it's a 5 p.m. face-off in Minnesota, and Derek Kramer will be hosting that game. So, uh, well, good to have Derek along. Very good. Thanks, Paul. Take care. Paul's appearance brought to you by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we got this. NHL standings brought to you by Native Pride. Tall Chief Cigars. Stand tall with Native Pride. The Sabres, uh, long way back, as you might already know. Ten points out of a playoff spot behind the Detroit Red Wings. Ten points. Yep. Five o'clock on Saturday and then 12.30 on Monday. little afternoon Monday game for uh, President's Day against Anaheim. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. President's Day, huh? That's Monday. What time's the game? 12.30. On Monday? 12.30 on Monday. Home game. Yep. Hmm. All right. Extra point shows the pregame show. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. There was another rumor, by the way, that the Flyers are in on Peyton Krebs. 
There's been a lot of rumors. You know what, Krebs? Like, there's a little bit of a movement on Krebs. Why don't you just put him up on a top line? I yes. Why don't you just see what he can do? Your se- what's happening on your season at any point from here on forward? So find out before you trade Krebs away. You know you've buried him on the fourth line for years, and he's he hasn't really complained that we know of. No, he's, what, he's maybe even embraced it, right? What, like what, he's tur- he's he changed his game around from what he was supposed to be when he was drafted. He wasn't supposed to be, you know, fourth line center, defensive specialist. He was supposed to be skilled playmaker guy. Right. When they traded for him, it was one of the best passers in all of hockey's prospect systems. Like yeah. Krebs is an elite passer. He had like two passes last night, by the way, that were like two of their better chances. Where like he comp- he toe dragged a guy, came into the blue line, and then set up. I think it maybe was Olafson for a one timer which you would think would be the guy you'd want for that. And then like the very next play got in behind the net and set up Darlene open in the slot. Like he had two plays like that last night. You know, one thing about it that I wonder if I don't know that the Sabres have like sacred cows, but if you were to put him on a top line center, that means you're dropping down Tage or Cousins, right? Or, or Middlestat. Or Middlestat. Middlestat. Well, those three, those three have blocked him completely. Right. And what I'm saying is if you were to throw Krebs in there just to see what he can do, yeah. you are when what I'm ultimately getting to is when you move Thompson to center, it was let's try something. And now that Thompson makes seven million dollars a year, yeah. you can't exactly get him out of that spot. And same with Cousins; they're both on big money extensions now. They're they're both we got to get our top guys going as opposed to just yep. you know what? Let's drop him down and throw Krebs up there and give Peyton Krebs the next th- two weeks, three weeks. I mean, as a top line center because yeah, if he played well, what could you even do? That's you wouldn't know too because I'm looking right now in the three years he's been a Buffalo Saber. Here are his minutes played with different line mates. He's played at five on five, one thousand minutes with Kyle Poso. That's number one. He's played seven hundred twenty eight minutes with Zemgus Girgensons. That's number two. Big drop. Five hundred forty minutes with Victor Olafson. Then another big drop. You get into three hundred minutes with Dylan Cousins. So he's played by far. The most minutes during his Saber career with Kyle Poso, Zemgus Girgensons, and then Victor Olofsson. Yeah, those are the three guys we continue to say should not be here, <laughs> and they are the three guys that he's had to play with for three years. You wouldn't know what it looks like because, like, where's Jeff Skinner in this list? Hundred minutes. Where is Alex Tuck on this list? Two hundred minutes. Where's Paterka? Two hundred. Where's Tage? Hundred. Like he just. The top scorers on the team, he, he's played he's played like three games with in three seasons. Yeah. So I saw that rumor yesterday, and I tweeted this out because my original thought was, or immediate thought was, great, they're going to trade him to Philadelphia, they're going to put him on the second line, and he's going to put up 60 points. And we're all going to go, how come he couldn't do that here? Well, because you put him with Kyle Lacposo and Zemgis Gierkinsons for three seasons. What did you expect him to do? But you got to move someone to the wing. Or you got to try something because th- this this kind of gets to the point of what do the, what do people think is going to happen when Matthew Savoy shows up, or when Isaac Roseanne shows up, or when Noah Oslin shows up, or Yuri Kulik? All of these guys, you're watching it right now with Peyton Krebs. You have this talent in your organization, and there's nowhere for them to play. So they're going to show up, and they're going to play on the fourth line, and then this is going to happen. Three years are going to go by. Oh, he's not putting up points. I guess we'll trade him to Philadelphia for, for nothing. And then, oh, look. Look at all that talent over there. You're never going to see the numbers. You're never going to see the production if you just let all this cook 
and show up at the same time because you don't have spots. That guy was the number one prospect in Vegas' organization. And he can't get above the fourth line because there's too many spots that are already occupied on this roster. They need to clear room. Because if they don't clear room, what's happened with Krebs for the last three years is going to happen to all those other forward prospects. Krebs since showing up, how many points does he have with the Sabres in his career? He's got, because when they, when they make the Eichel trade, he has 58 points in three seasons. 58 points in three seasons. Yeah, this year he's got 10 points in 51 games. 10 points. When they make the Eichel trade, it's Tuck, okay, he's good. They're, like you said, their number one prospect, if you'd been told the day they make the Eichel trade, mm-hmm. this is a fourth liner. You'd, he you'd he been, was talked about he was a sticking point in right. those negotiations because right. they wanted to make sure he was in the deal. And you'd be significantly disappointed. Again, he got blocked out by the emergence of guys like Tage and Cousins. We know, But Krebs is it's, – it's funny. Like, he's so forgotten in this prospect pool as you lay out all the prospects that are in the AHL and not even yet there, like Savoy and Oastland. Here's Krebs who's been with the Sabres as a prime asset prospect and just – he's blocked too. It's kind of amazing that they've blocked themselves so much with the same kind of player. Yeah. So many of them. And again, it will it will just happen. And this is where, like, should they trade Middlestat? If you don't trade Middlestat, let's say you trade Krebs instead. You trade Krebs instead of Middlestat. We're going to pay Middlestat. We're going to trade Krebs away. Okay, now Matthew Savoy shows up. <laughs> Where's he go? He's going to be Peyton Krebs. You drafted him 10th overall, 9th overall, whatever it was, to be your fourth-line center? You prioritize getting Krebs in the Vegas trade well, so to boy's be play your fourth-line center? He's going to play on the wing, isn't he? Well, one of those guys is going to play center, aren't they? They're all technically centermen. Savoy, Kulik, and Osland. I mean, I guess you could move them all to the wing. But even that, how many winger spots are available? Yeah. We've talked about how Paterka, Quinn, Skinner, Tuck. Your top six is already is already set. Paul brings up like putting a whole new line in there. This is why they have to make trades. They have to make deals. Because there just isn't spots available for all of these guys. And now's the time where it's starting to happen. Krebs is still only 23, by the way. Like, if I'm a team, I'm Philadelphia should be interested in him. Because he's probably not that expensive. And nobody has any reason to believe that this is all he is. Let me go put him with a 30-goal score, and what is he going to do? Are we really think he's not going to put up... 50 points? 8030550, Jeremy and Joe, good morning. Thanks for, uh, you know, coming along for the ride. It's a Friday, and uh, it's NBA All-Star Weekend, Genesis Invitational. Tiger had some birdies. All right. He did. Looked good out there. He also hit one of the worst shots I've ever seen in my life. Listen, but that, last, hey, that made me feel a lot better about my game. Last week we had Tom Brady duffing one off the tee. It wasn't that bad. No, he just shanked one into the trees. But the difference between Tiger and us is he shanked it into the trees, and it was a pretty – he blocked it. It was pretty bad. The recovery shot was incredible. Yeah. So, like, he oh, was well, like, he's, he's in trouble now. And then he punches one through a narrow gap pin high. Between ten, two trees. Ten feet. It was like one of those things where you walk up to a ball and you go, oh, hey, look at that little gap right there. If I just shoot it right between there, how many times you ever actually hit it through there? Like one out of every like twenty times, and Tiger just walked up and did it like he's done it a million times. Yeah, you line up for that shot, and your friends are hiding behind the cart. Yeah, <laughs> right. seeing my hit a tree. Watch out. Yep, heads up, guys. I don't know what's going to happen here. And Tiger threaded it. Eight oh three oh five fifty to join us on WGR.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.